Hey everybody, uh, so here's what's happening with this episode. It's a great episode with Ben Glebe. However, I may or may not have run out of batteries mid-podcast, and then we used Ben's uh, iPhone, so the audio levels midway through may change a little bit, uh, but this episode is something you don't want to miss. Super funny. And Ben Glebe knows how to train his brain. You got to check it out. Did you miss this song last week? I'm in my backyard with a very skinny Ben Glebe. Ben has lost 22 pounds. The very, uh, the handsome Ben Glebe is back. He's got a little five o'clock shadow. I mean, yeah. And then you got a ring that just kind of is like, hey, I'm still a little out there. <laughs> yeah, man. What you is always, this? And it kind of inspired me to get in shape, and I never followed the advice you tried to inspire me. Yeah. So I'd get that mic a little closer to your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never used one of these before. A microphone? Mm-hmm. Never. I've just you, shouted my comedy for 16 years. Have you ever thought about doing stand-up with one of those little headsets on? Fuck, absolutely not. I I need the mic stand. I need just the uh, hold the mic. Yeah. I could do without a mic stand. I'd like it. I like leaning up on it, but to do the Madonna style or like motivational speaker, yeah. Tony Robbins mic, it's ridiculous. I think I one think man show Titus you might have to do it. Now. I, I mean, ti- I get I think- it. It makes practical sense. No. But for me, like, it makes sense to have both your arms to be able to animate and do stories more. But it takes something away somehow. It takes it like I almost feel like it's not stand up. Well, I mean, I guess late night sets a lot of times nowadays you just wear love. Love would be better than the fucking thing coming across your chin. No, look like you're on the Blonde I, Ambition tour. I know, but I still, for me, <coughs> I like the mic. And you know what else so I'm I like? Saying, yeah. I like the cord. I don't like the cordless oh, mic. Oh, I love the cord, yeah. I don't like the cordless mic. Well, I, I'm okay with cordless mics. I, I, for whatever reason, I, I'm not a fan at all. But, but, but did you use Wired when you were on tour playing arenas opening for the, the white collar guys? and op- I mean, I mean, for the blue collar guys and opening for Larry the Cable did Guy and shit? The mic have a cord. Because when I did the, the arenas for Dane, it was all wireless. They had a backup ready to been. go, but they would just hand us this wireless mic. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it was wireless when we did those tours. But I was a different comic back then. You know, I was, um, I did a lot of moving on stage. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if I told you this, but recently I've done a lot of standing behind the mic, leaving the mic in the stand, and just interesting, and just doing jokes that way. I do it once in a blue that way. I, 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 the last, I would say the last six months, it's been amazing. What do you like about it? I like that it really focuses people's attention on the joke and me. Quiets them down, yeah. centers, centers them. Yeah, they're You're just... not being sloppy and walking around, mm-hmm. so they're focused. That's interesting. It was really... And, That's why know... I sit down sometimes in my sets lately. I've been sitting for like the whole hour on a chair or stool. Stop it. Oh, yeah. Sitting the whole time? Yeah, for much of it. For, if, I, if it's a late show and I just... Don't want to give a big high energy show. I just create a much more intimate show. I completely change. I become an alt, an altier comic <laughs> for the evening, and we just talk. And it's a lot of the same material. A lot of it's different, but I also do a lot of crowd work and improvise, so it's easy for me to like flow in and out of the weird shit. But I'll sit for the whole hour. But the special you have coming out, I'm did, lying down. 
You're lying down. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard. You heard you were underwater for a lot of it. Yeah, I do a lot. It's like I'm trying to be David Blaine's holding this breath record. Uh, while doing comedy. While doing it. Record. I did that five years ago. The improv failed, but I've been st- holding Yeah, I was at that show. 16 years. You were there? Yeah, you almost really? died. That was weird. I almost died. <laughs> yeah. I just found the video last night. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. It was really weird. I was like, he better come up for air soon. I know. Um, I know. He, by the way, what they missed before we turned on the mics was is that we got a tiny bit high. I know. So I just wanted them to know that if this that they convers- missed that. Yeah, and if this conversation they were like, What why are they talking about that? I just wanted to give them kind of a what was that? You might have just cut, killed a bug in midair. You might have just killed like a bug. Like when Obama did. Oh, did-, did you get that? Did you get a shot up? <laughs> but you know killed the bug. You went to kill the bug, just but you went with a two finger squish. Yeah, I felt You didn't confident. do the whole hand. I feel good about it. And you get you dirty up less fingers that way. I always find dirty extra fingers. No, a rule of life: you dirty as few fingers as, few as, fingers you, as, as you, you have to. That's exactly right. That's also a rule of mine sexually. Yes, you just you try to keep it to whatever four. minimum amount of fingers gets it done. <laughs> I don't want to get too many fingers dirty. Given the old two-handed surprise, no one needs that. No, but by the way, if two hands isn't a surprise, you've got some problems. That's a good point. Do you know what I mean? The You're two like really two, jaded sexually. Yeah, two hands should always be a surprise. <laughs> Whoa, is that a second hand in there? Yeah. The first hand should par for the course. I'm not sure. It doesn't necessarily have to be a surprise. Oh, once you go full hand, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like once that the first time that you get a hand, that has to be a tiny little bit of a surprise, mm-hmm. don't you think? I think so. Yeah, because you almost wonder like, how are they going to clap if something clapworthy breaks out? Yeah. Well, you want to get applause going. They'd have to do it from inside. From <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say one hand clapping, but no, you wouldn't. No. You'd st- still clap in the acoustic killing zone. Yeah, and you're not gonna hear any noise. I mean, that's what you think. That's a good point. You'd if never... you hit the right spot. Yeah. How do you know? Point. Has anyone ever clapped inside you before? It would change breath. It would completely <laughs> change our expectations for how great clapping sounds. Oh, if clapping sounds. Comedians sounded... the rest of their lives would be like, oh, I got another round of applause non orgasmic. <laughs> uh, nobody stuck their hand in their ass this time when they clapped for me. I nobody. know. I know. And it's like louder, sure, but, but I feel like they feel it less. Hilarious if that became a thing. <laughs> And this weird and hor- horror. And this weird sound came out of your mouth. Every <laughs> it's the best you could enjoy comedy. <laughs> yeah, that would be every show's either sponsored by, by I'll tell you something else. Lube or Purell. You know what else would change? The meet and greets. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it would. Like, then I would finally shift to the Harlan Williams fist bump for yeah. sure. Fist bump. It would just be a picture from behind a chair. Yeah, behind glass. Yeah, behind glass. <laughs> Put like, a quarter in. Yeah. Take a quick pick. They have four seconds to do yeah. whatever they want, posing if, in front of ha- your lifelike body. If half of the audience clapped with their hands in their assholes, <laughs> I think I would pass on the meet and greet. I would pass on, especially the meat part. <laughs> I would still greet from afar. Yeah, yeah. I, I would go vegan for the night. I uh, sometimes the word meat really makes me laugh. Sure, sometimes it does hit you funny. Where the meat? Meat. It's like means a lot, and isn't it weird that it means it's also like the main thing we eat? That's also that's a murdered animal carcass, and it's like how you say hello. Yeah, <laughs> like, you meet. That's a lot in that word. A yeah. lot in that word. You know what else? Here's another word. Okay, you know what a bunch of crows are called? A gaggle. A murder. It's mm-hmm. a murder. It's a murder of, of crows. 
like murderers rose when you and I was doing stand up since we was two foot tall. Oh no, you know, who knows? Freestyle Uno. from Ben Glebe. No, I mean, that's what I do. I, I just dropped a rap track. Did I even tell you that? Ben Morrison and I just dropped our rap track, Anti Social Media. Yeah. And it's a legitimate rap song. It's it, not meant to be a comedic rap song. I know, but is it still funny? Yep. <laughs> so funny. But I just want the world to know that it's G-level fucking rap. Like, I'm rapping better than anybody on the radio right now. I'm rapping. I mean, the only ones that are better than me are Eminem and Nicki Minaj and Mac Lethal. And I got mad respect for Lil Dicky, actually, to be honest. Of course, the kings. You know, the kings, Jay-Z and Kanye are the kings. But... Me, no one else. Let me slay, let me stop you right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have that reaction at that moment when I say that. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Let me stop you right there. Where is the proof of this? Where's the proof of it? Oh my god, I'm gonna prove it to you so hard right now. Yeah, but you're I'm gonna, gonna wrap you... it live over the backing track that I have in my email that Morrison just sent to me. We're called Benz. SoundCloud.com slash Benz Benz Benz. Wait, this is like a, this is some sort of world debut. It is the, my, the debut of it with a backing track on a podcast. I'll guarantee you that much. It's the debut yes. of it. Yep. This is like, do, do you want some sort of intro or do you yeah. want, what would you like? What, what, like you're, Make it sound smooth. The name of the group is Benz, Benz, Benz? Just Benz. Oh. We just couldn't get that as the URL. So the group's, group's called Benz, B-E-N-S, all caps. Okay. No Z. A lot of people are like, is there a Z? No, there's not a fucking Z. Okay. I'm not five. But when you say a lot of people, like, are really a lot of people? A small hand. <laughs> Not even two hands. The other hand is up their asshole. The other, yeah, so it's, it's hardcore. <laughs> up their asshole. Can I ask you something before you start? Of course. Okay. I'm only going to do the first verse because you got to listen to the whole thing. I'm not going to take your time, but. No, I mean, listen, it's going to be well worth it. But can I ask you a question before you start? Always. This incredible confidence that you have. Yeah. Which you do. You, uh-huh. you, in everything that you do. Yeah. Even when, in your stand-up, in everything you do, you're incredible. And the confidence that you just introduced this. Yeah. Way. I'm not afraid of living up to that. No, I know you're not because it comes from the incredible confidence you have. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you just proved what I said. Right. Yeah. No, I was happy. I was intentionally proving it. Oh, I was yeah. reconfirming so it. Tell me something. Like, where does that come from? You know, it's so funny. I don't, I don't really know. I never have thought of myself that way. That's why my special, which airs this Friday on Showtime, that I really want people to listen to it's, and watch it's on television. You, can, you don't have to close your eyes. Uh, I know it's how called it works. Neurotic Gangster. I know how it works. You, can... <laughs> you know how TV works? Yeah, yeah. You, it, you, I didn't it, need to share that. I didn't need to explain how TV well, works. Well, you know, maybe some people don't. Some pe- not everybody knows for sure. There's some people like, how I can't turn it on, though. <laughs> I yeah, just yeah. solved that problem. Why do I just see him and I don't hear him? Right. Like, that too, right. Right. Yeah. So... Um, I, it's called neurotic gangster because I have this neurotic side to me that is the predominant thing that I've, that feel, that I feel and have felt over the course of my life Mm -hmm. that I don't think people realize, especially these days, now that I'm like past a lot of the things that made me neurotic or anxious or nervous as a kid or stuck with a speech problem. I used to have a severe speech problem. I couldn't talk, you know, a lot of my life growing up and what was it? Was it a stutter? It was a stutter and much worse. It was a disfluency. I couldn't make vocal cords. I couldn't make sounds come out of my vocal cords. So, wait, how so what like, just a friend you? of mine's walking by in the hall, and I'd be like, I, like, I can't say hi, and he'd just go by, and I would never say hi. What age is that? I wasn't like, ha, ha, hi. I was like, what age is that? It started like around five-ish, from what I'm told. I don't remember that early. And then uh, it got pretty serious thereafter, thereafter, like probably, I don't know. 
five, five really. Well, I'm, actually, I'm taking it back. I do remember from five because the first time I was bullied for my speech problem was in kindergarten. Right. I mean, guys with big blocks chasing me around like a sandbox or some weird, like who, being chased with big blocks was oddly cartoonish. <laughs> I felt like a roadrunner being chased by <laughs> yeah. wildly coyote. Yeah, you needed an anvil to fall out of the sky. I mean, literally. Yeah. Literally. And... Yeah, I love how they hop, they bounce back quick. By the way, cartoon characters. I mean, Anvil on the head. Their next scene, they're good. You know what? It really. I got is, a bandaid. I wish. I mean, I wish I had that same kind of skill. But cartoon characters seem to be the only ones with it. They're elastic individuals, and you have to take your hat off to them for that. You really do, and never complain. They never complain. Right. They never grow, and they never get any older or younger. It's truth. And so that's also a good thing about cartoon people. Great qualities. They yeah. have a lot of shit figured out. Mm-hmm. Cartoons. You know what they don't have figured out? What? Like like eating, things like that. <laughs> yep. Other than carrots, Bugs Bunny, you see them eating carrots. Most of the rest of them, they, they occasionally like, see hams. Yeah. Well, and they make them hungry in their eyes. Yeah, they see yes, they people see turn it. to hams. Or there'll be like one giant drumstick and somebody will put it in their mouth and it'll come out a clean bone. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. They, I mean, they've got great moves. Sometimes their eyes go, Gauga. Yeah. That's when a hot girl walks by. And we all do it. We've all been there. Yep. But so the answer to your question is that I always had this, like, gangster inside of me, yeah. sort of. Like, yeah. this, like, angriness to a, a small degree. Not angry, but just, like, frustration that, like, I knew what I had in my head and what I, was, what I wanted to be able to share with the world and be able to entertain people and make them laugh and make them think. And I couldn't even speak. It was just a very frustrating irony. So I just, I don't know. I guess I just developed this inner confidence. And I just knew once I figure out the speech problem, once I like uncross the wires of my brain, anything's possible. Mm -hmm. And I just figured it out. And I did that. And then after going through like a childhood and a lifetime of like sometimes being mocked or made fun of, having a speech problem, being incredibly nervous to even be called on in class in front of five fucking people mm-hmm. made me fearless as a comedian because it means nothing. I just realized the stakes of it are not as high as people think that they are. The stakes of success in the world are not as high as people think that they are. And if you take a step back and just the part of how I cured my speech problem was realizing that like I was putting all this anxiety on it that people all feel the exact same anxiety because public speaking is one of people's like biggest fear mm-hmm. is... They think they're so important. Like, get over your fucking self, right? You're not that important. Right. What you're saying doesn't mean shit. People aren't <laughs> judging you like, oh, my God, they were expecting Martin Luther King Jr. to speak, and they're being let down by your oratory. Yeah. People just have low expectations in life. Yeah. They're glad they're not the ones talking. <laughs> yeah. They're barely listening at all if they are to get one nugget of information. It's not your speaking style. They're not trying to, like, you know, yeen from your oratory. Yeen is not a word. No, it's not. It's for this podcast. It's a word. Thank you. Yeah. We just, but just I, when you said it, I was like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> you know why? Because you said it with confidence, exactly buddy. Right. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> so I just figured out that, like, there's no stakes near as high as we think that there are to anything that we do really. So it's just up to your own moral compass and, like, living a life that makes you happy and makes you feel fulfilled and good and honest and right. But beyond that, it's the, the things we put all the importance in the world on are not that important. Right. So so you, you learned that young. I mean, I figured this out over the first 22 years of my life. My speech problem stayed through, like, 22 years old. It did? Yeah. Well, and so you got on stage shortly after that? 
Yeah, and I would get on stage throughout the speech problem. All of college, I had a TV show and I had a severe speech problem on and off. In college, it was better. But I would stumble and hit stammers and hit blocks in my speech all the time on the air. And I'm like doing news jokes on the desk and I have to touch the corner of my eye. I'm like, and today in the news, Bill Clinton said, and like literally coming off like I had all sorts of weirdness. But still I could adjust and find different timing to get a laugh anyway. I would like on the fly adjust my timing to still get the laugh even though I'm hitting like brand new patterns. So A, I'm realizing right now that's part of how I became I think a, a good rapper is like. I can do a lot of different stuff. <laughs> We're back stuff. to rap, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because now... Because I don't... I've figured... I don't put limitations on my brain or the speed that thoughts can enter my brain or whatever. And so I just kind of realized that, that you can hack your brain. If your brain can get fucked up and get a virus, you can also unhack it. You can hack so through So you it. unhacked your brain? I think so. And so, yeah. And you hacked it to and make so, yourself a good rapper. Well, no, that's just a byproduct. I mean, I hacked it to be able to make myself a really good communicator, to be yeah. able to do crazy shit with my voice, to, you know, impersonate celebrities' voices. Like, I started as an impressionist. You to, did? Yeah, I started as an impressionist. I've never heard you do one impression. Because I, I just don't do it. I don't ever do it. I'm happy to do one for you. Um, yeah, which one are you going to do? I started recently doing them on Snapchat. <laughs> you can become anybody's face. I'm being, I'm being Morgan Freeman as I'm putting people to bed as Christopher Walken, as Jimmy Stewart, well, Bill Clinton, any of them I can do for you. Uh, Bill Clinton, it's great to be here with you, Josh. Thank you for having me. Listen, they will say anything to take down our family. He sounds like Lucius from Empire. I mean, the kind of <laughs> shit he talks about. <laughs> Taking down our family, Cookie. I had no idea. I mean, Jimmy Stewart's an easy favorite. By the way, by the way, I don't know if I'm more surprised that you can do Jimmy Stewart or that you watch Empire. <laughs> I love Empire. I'm do you? Empire, love it. Love you know, it. I have never seen the second of Empire. It's pretty great. I mean, it's, it's it's become very much just a soap opera. Yeah. So the plot's become a little bit repetitive for me, but it's amazing characters. Really, really good acting. It's a real pop, poppy show. It's very culturally relevant. I love it. Taraji P is amazing. You're going to rap for us now? Yeah. So, I think, I mean, anyway, time. where did I get my confidence from was just once you figured all that out and realized you can actually, like, hack your brain and speak how you want to speak. Don't be afraid of shit when there's no stakes to it. And take one step further back and realize we're floating out of control on a marble through outer space in a vast, noble universe. You think the details are the style of your one speech on your one little dot <laughs> on the one little dot in the solar system that can't even be found by anybody else? is so significant, get over yourself. And that, that's just kind of perspective shifts that I started to realize. Well, that explains a lot about you, though. It really it does? does. Like what? Yeah. I need to hear what you mean by that, so rap's on pause again. Rap's on pause? Well, I want to hear you, what you mean oh, by that rap before I rap. Rap's on pause. Well, it, it, it explains a lot. Rap's on pause like Gavin DeGraw's walking around like you have four paws, but you don't because you're a little kitten climbing around in your moat, but you're not an alligator, so why you got a moat? I don't know. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Is that the rap? No, that's just a free flow, baby. Oh, you're just warming up. Yeah. That's how up. you guys warm up. That's how yeah. the rappers warm up. All right, so I was saying that because yeah. it's because it's like rappers you, warm up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, you stretch. I love you, buddy. You, know, you, you do have to warm up. <laughs> yeah, you got to warm up that tongue. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, it's I'm like, just getting ready for our ping pong match later. Oh shit! I brought ping pong net with me. I'm ready to go. 
It's, were you surprised I had a ping pong table in my backyard? I was so happy. I mean, I'm not surprised thinking about it, but when I mentioned ping pong earlier, I said, come over to my place, play ping pong. Yeah. You were like, maybe, but not tonight. Certainly, You'd certainly misdirected that you had a ping pong table. <laughs> <laughs> but enough that I brought a net because I yeah. didn't think you had one, and that solved the problem. You don't have a net. Who has a ping pong table without a net? I, we have a net. It's around here somewhere. I told it's you. just a table then, baby. No, no, yeah, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Put actually. chairs around it and seat 12 people around now it. Now that there's, if there's no net, it really isn't a ping, ping pong table. No, it's just a green table. Lines. Yeah, it's just with some wheels. One of my and that's not like one of my favorite comedians, the person that inspired me out with wheels, which is a good feature for a table, that inspired me to become a comedian too, but he was always one of the few people I don't that, think wheels are a good feature for a table. For a ones you can lock down? Well ones you can lock for down. Outdoor, sure. like yeah, recreational yeah, yeah, yeah. tables. Yes. Ones that you can lock Not down. like unlockable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they never made those. Like, no, they're, those are called gir- those are called gurneys. <laughs> they even have locks. Oh, they do have locks. They yeah. must have. Like, imagine that's very important. <laughs> we don't have locks on the gurney wheels. No, another patient flies out the window. You know what's funny? I bet you the Who's first gurney demise. didn't have locks. Oh, for sure not. And then they were like, a lot of people slipping. Yeah. Up. Then, then then they were like, no. Yeah. After no. The, after the first guy went down the stairs, they were like, <laughs> we should get a lock on those wheels. <laughs> I broke my ass bone now, too. <laughs> yeah. That's how the gurneys get locks. Um, what's the rap called? It's called Anti-Social Media. Anti-Social Media by the Benz. By Benz. Just Benz. The Benz is a Ben Folds group, so we d- can't take that name. And we like Benz better anyway. It's a little more. A little more With no thug. Z, because you're no not Z. fucking 14 years old. We're not 14 years old. I'm not going to do S dollar sign like Kesha. She's she done it already. Yeah. But basically, the song is about that sort of anger, too. Not anger, but it's about... I'm just tired of how dumb a lot of the things that become popular are and mm-hmm. how low the standards of the audience and sometimes in some ways has become. We literally seem to only like stupid shit. We seem to like only like well, dirty true. shit and stupid shit. And it's like, why does nobody value smart shit? I can't understand it. If it's still funny, it makes you laugh and interesting. And there's also depth behind it. It's people like, death's just a bonus and you don't even want it? Yeah, but you know what? But then it explains a lot. Like, look... Donald Trump is has won is, is the Republican candidate for president of the United States of America. Yeah. So I don't know why that surprises you. Well, this is a new development, <laughs> and I'm adjusting to it, and it's really crazy. And we're approaching probably like. A clash of cultures in many ways, and a clash of oh, civilizations fuck, in many yeah. ways, and there are a lot Trump's of. Trump's got a good chance to win too, which is insane. Now, listen, I'm not saying all of his supporters are dumb, but no. there are a lot. And I'm not of, saying all of his ideas are bad. No, maybe he's some good ones, but a lot of his supporters are not educated and they're not smart, and it's not great. <laughs> Here's the deal: like I. I th- to, to have people voting who are uninformed, and that's the thing. If you're informed and you still like Trump, I'm, I, have, I think that's great, actually. I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. To a point. N- listen, I, I think. I feel like they're sort of also endorsing the xenophobia and the racism and the. Why I think it's great is because at least you have done your research and you know what you believe right. to be true. And, and right. you have to hand Trump one thing that he's actually serving a very good purpose. He's bringing it out in the open. 100%. Because 100%. the most brilliant line, I've said it before, was recently on SNL when um, Jason Sudeikis come, came back to play Mitt Romney mm-hmm. and did that speech scolding Trump. And he goes, how dare you 
actually say what we've just been implying for years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just literally, it's most of those pl- philosophies. Yeah. He's just saying them out loud and adding a bit of a WWE twist to it. A hundred percent. But but that's the thing. Like, I, I think it's dangerous to have uninformed people voting. It very much is. And that... And, not to sound too lofty about it, but that's honestly like a part of like the things that I'm actually that I've started to embrace even in releasing a rap where I'm like plainly and aggressively stating my opinion on something and my frustration with how people act. It's been inspired very much lately by two people, Kanye West and Donald Trump. I mean, they're 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 media brilliant media marketers and at some point I start wondering like if I truly believe that like my content is smarter and as funny as anybody's and maybe it makes you think about some things and change the way you look at perception of certain things or whatever. And more importantly for politicians, people like Bernie who like won't take on aggressive tactics sometimes Mm -hmm. to counter somebody who is taking aggressive tactics for evil, for like bad ideas. So if you're, if you're espousing bad with every tactic in the book, you have to be a strong enough fighter to use every tactic to combat that, even if some of them are like a little bit dirty-ish, because you have to fight fire with fire, otherwise you lose, and then the bad guys win. You can't let the bad guys win. Yeah, but James Bond punches people sometimes. Yeah, you know but I mean? but you know what? I think that's that goes back to what we're saying is happening in society. There was a time when if you went back with something intelligent that wasn't sensationalized. That was what people wanted to hear. But that, right now, doesn't get headlines, and right. it doesn't get repeated a thousand times on CNN. So that's not what people are doing. Which is exactly why I think Bernie's right, too. And he, he needs to articulate it better, but he's inspiring so many people to this political revolution. We really need, like, a renaissance of 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 our brains in America. What about, without a doubt. What, and we need to, like, wake up and actually, like, realize we can have fun and party and entertain ourselves while also, like, not being idiots. Yeah. And that's what I fucking rap about, well, actually. Let me ask you something. Why, mm-hmm. did, why don't you and I run for president? <laughs> well, hey, we're doing a podcast stone right now. <laughs> <laughs> well. I was, obviously, I'm kidding. Yeah. We're not really. <laughs> no, we're not really stoned, but, like, we've smoked. We know what that experience is like. Yeah. I'm also <laughs> stoned. You're also stoned. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But I don't know, man. I just think a lot of it has to start with honest communication. And Are you registered to rap right now? Yeah. And speaking our minds. And not taking or accepting dumb bullshit. I'm anti-social media. It's mean to you and it's fleeting, huh? Always some cats and seeding you or adorable babies beating you and it cheapens you. Virility, the great con. Oh, now you look up from your phone? Why? The internet broke con? If you're going viral, it ain't your brains. It's all this dumb shit that I disdain. But you got all the followers because of them duck-ass lips. Them nutshot clips. Them makeup tips. You're so opinionated. Every day's a trip. You ain't having it. And your vlog is really killing it. While I'm sitting at home posting, roasting, the world with sick jokes. Oh, is that boasting? But no one else is exposing me by clicking me views and they post a Because I've been putting out dope shit mostly. Still you don't fit in the decency to retweet my shit while I'm over it. You favored it? So no one sees it and can savor it? Misbehave your kid. I'm your savior kid. I'm the genius shit. You be craving that. You see both your arms, you be waving it. But I've been holding back. I've been saving it. Because you bring this shit. Now that I think about it, maybe I'll just quit. I'm 
Yeah. I mean, it could go on for another two and a half minutes with three more sick-ass verses, but do you get my point? <laughs> wow, Ben Glebe dropping some knowledge. I mean, so, whatever. <laughs> Can I see that thing I'm not hitting again? <laughs> Hilarious. Well, buddy, so who's the other guy? Ben Morrison. Brilliant comedian and brilliant music maker and brilliant beatboxer. And he makes the music on this track and he does the beatboxing throughout the whole track. And he raps a verse. You know, I used to break And dance. does a lot of the punchlines. You used to break dance? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> really? Yeah, why Why you look so surprised? I mean, it's a very just odd activity. Like, you did it, what, professionally? Or is it like a serious hobby or what? No, in high school. You were a b-boy? I wore parachute pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems to me like it'd be a really bad kind of pant for, like, moving fast on the ground with, like, big balloon pants you can get caught up in. <coughs> parachute pants were the shit. Zippers I, all over? No, I never wore that. It, freaks, it looked very weird. You never wore parachute pants? No. Do you think they were functional? Were they functional as, as parachutes? Yeah, we used to jump out of planes. In the pants. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I would have laughed so much harder if I weren't currently breathing. (laughs) Wouldn't that be crazy? uh, What? Have you ever jumped out of a plane? No, but I went hang gliding. You went hang gliding? Yeah. Where? San Bernardino. I took a young lady I was dating for her birthday. Sounds very formal. What was her name? Beatrice? I took a young lady named Beatrice I was dating. Her name was not Beatrice. Her name was Melody. Not bad. Pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> no, a lovely person. Um, and flew through the air like a bird for 30 minutes. Oh, man. Was I liked somebody the else she on did, there with She you? liked it. Yeah, I went tandem. I wasn't ready to be Batman by myself just yet. Yeah. I was Robin on that first go. But he, but he let me fly for like five minutes. I have a video of it. It's bananas. That's crazy. Yeah, I was flying with just wings for 30 minutes in the air. That's amazing. It was really an incredible experience. It made me want to like learn how to do it on my own and like have that as a way to like jump off buildings. Like it's the cool and like fly home. Oh, you mean that would be your mode of transportation? Yeah, and I used to have hang gliding hey, dreams. Does Ben bike to work? No, no, he flies. It's so. He what? <laughs> yeah, he takes his hang glider. He flies. <laughs> no, how crazy would that be if you hang glided to work? I used to always want to do that. That was a recurring dream of mine. Can I tell you that? Is not something I think is feasible. You, depending on wind patterns, you can wait and catch gusts. But how? I have a recurring dream that happens to me all the time that literally, and I sort of believe in my dream that it could happen. If we only had a little bit of webbing we could create between our arms and our bodies. Like those flying squirrels? I, yeah, exactly. I dream all the time that even with just our current arms, we can get enough air like under our hands. And I, I, I just go like this. I'm like fluttering my hands in the air, like. Yeah. And that's he's do, that's what he's doing. He's 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 acting it out right now. And it's enough to literally lift us and keep us in the air for like 10, 15, 20 foot little like floats in the air, and you can like Mario kind of like jump real fast that way. Yeah, but I don't. I, you would need like a lot of side webbing. Do you know what I mean? And I underneath, you probably. Need. I almost feel a little bit of lift just pushing my. No, you don't. Fast into the ground. Yeah. No, you. <laughs> I do. I believe in my dreams that I can make oh, it in your dreams. Happen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, but I, feel, I feel it now. No, you I don't. Feel a little bit of lift. Ben, there's no lift. Fast. There's no lift. There's no, I'm just telling you right now. All with right. you pushing your hands down I the ground, there's, there's no. But there's a lot of things that people just don't 
ever think is possible, so you don't think that they're possible. But but they may be. Like I conquered one time while definitely inebriated in a park in Amsterdam. I learned how to conquer being cold, and I don't get cold anymore. I can control being cold, and that's something what that changed. What are you talking about? It's true. Tell me, tell me what happened in Amsterdam. <laughs> I was on mushrooms uh-huh. in Vondel Park uh-huh. with my ex-girlfriend. Melody. No, not with Melody. This was Courtney. Uh, did I know Courtney? You know Courtney, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, man. Courtney Hansen, the best. Um, and, uh, and I was on mushrooms. And... Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what story I'm telling okay. and, wh- and why I'm telling okay, it. Okay, I'm gonna so remind, you. remind me. You're in a park in Amsterdam. Conquering being cold. Conquering being cold. Yeah. Right. That. You, let me just tell you something. And for people, I'm sorry you're not watching this. I could see the, <laughs> I the story. You. Leave your head. I could see it literally, and you were just you looking at me, and then you were just like, not sure why we're looking at each other. And you noticing it made it go away more because all of a sudden my thoughts shifted to, oh no, I just lost my place. I feel Josh sees that unprofessional. No, what it looked, what it looked like you were thinking to yourself was, my turn to talk, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Don't have anything. All right, so tell me the story. You were taking mushrooms in a park. And I was really cold because it was winter. It was November, and it was like 25 degrees. Okay. And it was freezing in this playground that Courtney and I were playing in. And I was in this, like, jungle gym, and the the bars of it, the metal bars, were ice cold. And it was, like, chilling my whole body. And suddenly... A thought hit me that I was interpreting it wrong. That all of humanity really interprets this experience of cold incorrectly in a way to our detriment. What do you mean, interpret? So I started realizing that. I studied hypnosis once many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. and You'd have been a great magician. Oh, that's so insulting, but I'll take it. <laughs> It's because I'm not going to get start a fist fight over it, but I hate that perception, even though I did get paid to, you, or I hate you, that idea. Are but you I, telling me you wouldn't have been get, a good magician? No, I would have been pretty good. You would have been a great magician. I mean, I could be theatrical. Yeah. It's true. And funny, you would have been a different type of magician. But Thank you. That's like nice. you're Like the way you host. I mean, I didn't anticipate becoming a game show host either. Yeah, so. with the same way you, the game show host. Of, like you're a completely different type of host, which is the best. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but um, I forgot my place again. Where am I? You were cold. Oh, right. And I realized that we interpret it wrong. So when I was studying hypnosis many years earlier, my teacher, this guy Topher, um, had a very interesting phrase. He said, the way we interpret pain. When I heard that phrase, I thought, oh, that's interesting. We choose to interpret any sensation a certain way. Mm-hmm. So we all just choose to interpret the sensation of cold as like this panic thing, like, oh, no. And we start like shaking right. and shivering, right? And um, I realized that was unnecessary. I could just change the way I interpreted the cold to feeling like... M- Millions of little pinpricks on your skin, which is what it feels like when you get cold, but not having that be something that was negative. 
just feeling it and being like, oh, that's an alarm system in my body. It's saying, seek shelter eventually because <laughs> you don't want to like, be in forever. Right. It's an alarm going off. It's not instant panic. You're not dying the second cold hits your fucking body. So, so I just started realizing that. And so instantly I didn't feel cold. I didn't feel any of that negative. The thing that makes yeah, but, cold so vulnerable and hard to deal with is, is, is thinking that it's bad. But you're, you're wearing a sweater. I was wearing a sweater, but I can. But since then, I've gotten so good at this that I can, that I've gotten down. No, you're wearing a sweater right now. I don't know what you were wearing in the park. Oh, I'm saying, but I can get down to just my underwear and sit outside in cold weather, and and I've done it many times to prove the point. And so I've gotten better at it. But my point being, and I'm not saying you can one billion percent conquer the elements right. where you can like walk nude through ice for an hour <laughs> and be, be great. I'm not the Tony Robbins of fucking. <laughs> Temperature that, that, control. You might have needed a couple more mushrooms for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it gets close to that in some way, not just in the realization that it gave me. Is So that was part of it. You change the way that you interpret it, and then it doesn't feel like a shock thing. It doesn't feel like a negative. And then also I realized there's so much heat we can harness that we're not harnessing. We're in this electrical grid, really. We're in this electrified planet, and we have eight pints or whatever of hot liquid, our blood, mm-hmm. sitting in center of 98.6 degree liquid. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. If you were sitting in a 98.6 degree hot tub, yeah. you could be in the snow. You would be perfectly warm. Yeah. You would never feel cold. Yeah. And we have that running in our bodies. It's yeah. not even on the outside. It's internal heat, yeah. which is like the kind of heat you want, the kind of heat that houses want. Oh, I got internal heating. Right. It keeps you alive. keeps you alive. It's yeah. actually how you warm something from the inside. Yeah. So we have that inside. And it's just sitting there like, like water might do, coursing through our veins, constantly like a furnace shooting all around. So it's like hot, moving liquid. Yeah, it's if like a lava. Harness that, yeah, it's like lava running through you. Yeah. If you can't harness that heat and truly actually just shift your brain temperature sensors to feeling that warmth that you actually have on the inside, well, it makes pushing out the cold sensations on the outside super easy. So you're saying you figured out a way to feel the heat of the blood in your body. Correct. I mean, you know how cuckoo that sounds. (laughs) The way you said it back now, it sounded a little odd. This dog's howl in the background. Yeah, you know that. You know that sounds a little wacky. And I mean, I would never. I, I I've never looked at it from that perspective because it works for me. So now that you make me think, what if it didn't work? I'd be like, yeah, I I would look at me sideways. But the shit actually works. So in fact, I, f- I look at everybody else sideways. I, I say this exact speech for the last fucking 12 years to people and they just be like, yeah, that's great. And they never try it. And one minute later, they're like, I'm cold. I'm cold. It's been 12 years since you have conquered that? Yeah, about 11 years. Holy shit. Yeah, it's cool. I can, I can run right in the ocean and I just feel all the pricks, but it doesn't bother me. <coughs> have you ever tried to... To to uh, manipulate yourself in any other way. I mean, I've been blowing myself for about twelve years as well. Yeah, we all do that. <laughs> manipulate myself downward. <laughs> we all do that. We all do that. Uh, I would not blow myself. No, I, people, people I reached for it once when I was a young boy, and I came not oh, that I close. I reach for it all the time. <laughs> like a dog chasing after his tail. <laughs> but I. Remember, as I got close, I was like, I have no desire to, for this to be in my mouth. That was, you know, I, my, I, I never tried again. Whenever my friends would be like, 
I would suck my own dick if I could. I'd be like, why? So, yeah. It's Ooh. still, it's, I'm, I, my dick or anybody else's, I don't want in my mouth. Exactly right. Yeah. It's you know like, what I mean? It's not like any the, better that it's mine. Penis sensation controls a lot of our, our, our sensation, but I think when it's your own penis, your mouth sensation is far more the now, dominant pe- sensation. People may say, listening to this, people may say, listening to this, but you use your own hand. Yeah. Yeah, it's very different. I'm not tasting. I'm not licking my hand. It's so different. It's I, completely yeah. different. I'm yeah. not resting my hand in my mouth and trying to clap from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably, one there and one in your ass, and you've well, got you both hands right taken. In the middle. Reach right in the middle. Yeah, I, I remember my. That's so funny too. I remember my buddy was like, "I totally would. I totally would." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, well, I, because I just I wouldn't have to get a blowjob from anybody else. I'm like, That's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you can't even tickle yourself. The whole point, yeah. A, half of it is like the psychological interestingness of the, of the experience. It's just so much fun of like a life thing that occurs. It's a, it's a pleasure to enjoy and, and endure and I've, everything. I've never heard anyone, um, someone describe blowjob as... A pleasure, what did you say? A pleasure in lot to... A, a pleasure to endure. A pleasure, yeah. A pleasure to endure. Yeah. Um, well, they are. They're a real pleasure to sit through. <laughs> They're a real a good time to sit through. It's like a walk in the park through your favorite fucking park. Like the best park. Like, like at the park from Candyland. Oh, yeah. You're pulling gumdrops off of trees. That's what it feels like when it's going downtown to Chinatown. You know that. How many? Four, please say. By the way, going downtown to Chinatown Mm -hmm. should be the next album for the Benz. Ooh. Going downtown. Agreed. We're called Benz, but yeah. (laughs) You don't like it. I keep saying the Benz, don't I? Yeah, everybody does it, but they'll they'll change. They'll learn. We're brand new. How many, when you keep saying everybody, like how many people are we talking about? About 250 plays. (laughs) But that's in three days, baby. 250 plays? And I actually haven't checked in the last three days. After two days, it was 200 and. 200 plays. How many of those were you? About a 200. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to it a lot. I'm obsessive about it. But it's probably like 14 plays in there that that someone got in there before I was occupying the stream. Come back later. Glebe's in again. He really thinks he raps great. (laughs) But I'll I'll open myself up to criticism because I always want to learn if I'm bad. Rate that rapping. Tell me if you think I'm I was shit. Yeah, Tell because me if you think what I'm we just discussed as... is that you. It's not that you don't care, but no, you, I want to know. Yeah, you want to know. I'm not some asshole. Like if I suck, tell me, and I won't waste my time. I'm just tired of like pussyfooting around, like before even getting answers. Yeah, that's not your thing, huh? No. Because if you if somebody if you if overwhelmingly people are like that was terrible. Yeah, if the nation took a a, a survey and said that we don't like your rapping. What, what would would you not do it ever again? I would I would drop another track because I <laughs> yeah. think maybe that I misjudged. Yeah, I mean this first track intentionally is like overridden and it's written to show off that I can rap fast and in different ways and with different voices and that Ben can create these syncopated beats that are like of a high level artistically so that we can cut through a lot of the bullshit. Because when I heard Lil Dicky drop, it was the first time my eyes opened. I was like, wow, I've always loved hip-hop. I've always loved rapping. I've loved freestyling. But what I love about it is it's like the purest expression of ego. Mm-hmm. And we really don't get that anywhere else in society. Like Trump has brought it now back yeah. into politicians. Other than that, it's literally just rappers and some reality stars. Like, yeah, but you can do it as a comic. Who does it, though? Hmm. I mean, Dane, to a degree, does it. I don't know who else. E, 
does it is maybe pure ego. Remind me of the topic again. I forgot what was it. <laughs> what was it? You said that rapping is the only place that, as an artist, you can oh, just... Oh, right. Do... Right. I remember that. Um, I said Dane in the way that he always has marketed himself like, like a badass. Yes. Which I think is cool. I mean, I remember he and I had talks where I thought he, he shouldn't do that. Like, we're on the tour bus, and I was like, why do you have to look so angry in every, every poster? Yeah. We're in, like, a big chain. You're angry. I'm like, oh, he's like... What, I can't wear chains now? And he's like, good point. I guess you can wear chains. Strong if you want point. to wear chains, you Strong can wear chains. Strong counter-argument. Yeah. By the way, that's a great counter-argument for anything. What's that? That's a great counter-argument for anything. Yeah. Go ahead and say something to me. Sure. Um, this backyard looks great. What? Backyards can't look great now? <laughs> I mean, I could say that could be my yeah. anything. But it's a very good way to diffuse. It's like, you're right. Do it your way. I'm not saying it's wrong. But um, No, I would say, you know... As a rule, the big chains aren't the aren't the way to go. Oh, big chains! Yeah, no one's really wearing big chains ever since bulldogs. Which chain? Bulldogs kind of own the big chain the collar thick look. Chain? Thick collar, yeah. Or the, what about the flat silver ones? Mm-hmm. I used to wear a flat silver one. Oh, really? Yeah. That's very Guido-y. I listen. I grew up in Western Mass, so mm-hmm. makes sense. There may be pictures of me with a mullet <laughs> wearing. Uh, mesh shirt with acid wash jeans tucked into my high tops with one of those silver chains. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. It's not great. You got to be, are you throwback Thursday in that for us? I'm not sure. TBT? Maybe I will. It's come pretty on, ugly. Come on, bro. I, I have to I'm find. I'm about to post one my high school. My what was your hair like in high school? school? Did you throw it out? Do you get froze? If you only get a fro, I get like long, wavy, Elvisy hair. You do tends a little bit curlyish to the more Jufro side, but I would like to think more Elvis than Jufro, but somewhere on the spectrum, somewhere on the Elvis Jufro spectrum, somewhere between, somewhere between Gene Wilder (laughs) and Elvis. Exactly, somewhere between. Thank you very much, and thank you (laughs) very much. That's right. That was a really good one. And I've never done a Gene Wilder. It's not one of my list on the hundred, but I sometimes can figure out people's essence, you know. And well, list, anybody can, you can, everybody can. List on a hundred? Just tries. What? List of a hundred? Oh, I used to do a hundred when I was a kid. I don't know if I still do a hundred, but I do a lot of impressions. You started out as comic doing impressions? I did. When I first started, the first couple of years, I only had like eight minutes of material and I had a 22 minutes of impression sketches that I would just perform like five characters in one sketch. Kermy D. Frog here. Uh, Mark Simpson, uh, me. Don't yell at Bart. So like you'd be five. He's just a little boy. In one scene, just to get some punchline, I would just write sketches and I would act out all the parts. And then. Where were you doing that? When I first. My friend that I told you earlier gave me some advice. My tech CEO, best friend since we were 15, Jason Nazar. He was a trained hypnotist at the beginning of his career, and I went to the training with him, and he be, started doing stage shows. I was starting out as a comic, so we started a company together called Stand Up and Sleep. 
And he would, I would do a half hour stand-up show opening for him, and he would do an hour and a half hypnosis show. But he and I would do sketches, interacting, playing the Dawson's Creek theme song, and hugging in the middle. I swear to God. It was great. But I also learned to do hypnosis in the process, and Jason later continued doing hypnosis shows, and he couldn't make two, and he gave them to me. I actually performed and got paid to do two stage hypnosis shows. Stop! Yeah, and one of them worked unbelievably, and I hypnotized the shit out of everybody on stage and the guy in the audience. But the second one was a complete fucking disaster. Well, what happens when it's a disaster? There was still somebody hypnotizing the audience at that one. What happens on when... On stage, nobody. So what happens when that happens? It was just a shit show. It was like, this is another thing. Maybe give me that confidence. I have yeah. confidence to stand up. I've hypnotized motherfuckers and had to, like, literally have them in an altered state and be wait. still getting laughs and delivering and sweating through them not being wait, in an wait, altered wait, wait, state wait, wait, and wait, faking wait. it. I want to go back. I want to go Josh. back to that show where they weren't hypnotized. Did they pretend like they are? That one they started pretending, but then they weren't pretending well. The acting was really obviously bad, and integrity-wise, I couldn't pretend like it was real. I was just like, uh huh. So like, but then I had to go with it because they were at least playing with me a little bit. I'd be like, "You're giving birth to this doll," and they're like, "Oh boy." <laughs> I'm like, oh God, this is the fucking worst. I was gonna pay a lot of money to do it, like maybe like twenty five hundred dollars or something. And how long did you have to do it for? For like an hour. <laughs> for like a fucking hour, dude. It was a nightmare. You fake those poor people faked it for an hour for you? Yeah, that was a bad show. So but they were barely faking it. Honestly, they were more like mocking me with their faking it. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'm really on a job interview, or <laughs> whatever the fuck. Oh my god! Uh, but the so first you, one was gangster. Couldn't you wait? Wait, couldn't you put him back in the audience and try again? No. See, the problem with it, the, one of the the pre, the principles behind hypnosis ever working in a group setting is not everybody's susceptible to being hypnotized, mm-hmm. and you never make somebody do something they don't want to do. It's only something that they're willing to accept suggestions to do something they wouldn't normally do, mm-hmm. but that they're down with, right? You can't have someone tell them to go kill somebody. They're not going to do it. So you have to, but not everybody's able to suspend their disbelief like that. So it's a small percentage of, of, of crowds. It's like maybe like 20% of people. And so at a big show, like the first show, it's 120 people in the crowd. It's a good sample, and you can do a test of the whole crowd and see who... You can make salivate is actually like how you do it. How do you do a test of the crowd? You just like say to the whole crowd, I don't know, I didn't do a lot of these. This is like a decade and a half ago. But you say something like, um, picture right now, I take an orange and I take a sharp knife and it's a hot summer day and I slice right now right through that orange and tart orange juice is trickling out of the orange and coming down the side of it. Now, how many of you, raise your hands if you're salivating right now. And whoever's salivating, they were able to like, go on your like verbal journey enough that it became real for them I think I would have been salivating you see were you salivating now even after you knew what was coming yeah I started to really want an orange (laughs) I was like and sleep (laughs) what if I hypnotize the rest of your podcast and I just have a field day dude can I tell you something I make you blow yourself we play ping pong it'll be a great day my hand in my ass clapping (laughs) And I tell you, you have to clap to snap out of it, but you can't get your hands out. So I just start rapping. Working things around and start freestyling for everybody. I mean, that would just be, that. what a fucking ending that would be. That would but really have, be unexpected. I, that's, that would have, that's what I would title, that's what I would title this episode. Unexpected. unexpected. Dude, that, I'm telling you, when you started to describe the orange, I was like, oh, orange. <laughs> 
I always, well, you're one of the 20%, Josh. Yeah, Welcome can I, to the club. Can I tell you something? I always thought, what kind of fucking idiot gets hypnotized? <laughs> like, literally. You. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it's oh, this kind of idiot. That is so funny. I was always like, what? That's hilarious. I was always like, what in God's name? Yeah. Are these idiots? <laughs> and turns yeah, out, it was really fun. So you never tried to be hypnotized. You, you, you never made yourself susceptible to hypnotization. I've never, no. But nobody's ever offered to hypnotize me. Well, that time is now. I created a character. It's like you, you didn't know that I did impressions. I also am like a ca- big character sketch guy. I started improv and improv. Troops. I was I was at the empty stage with Kristen Wiig. She really? Was, yeah, she was one level above me, um, but we rehearsed together. Wait, so you and started then, performing when you were twenty-two? Well, no, I had a TV show for all four years in college where I was playing all kinds of characters and doing hidden camera bits and getting that steeliness up on stage. So also when I started doing stand, I've already had like that performance steel of yeah. like already five years. I had a radio show in the end of high school, but my late night talk show in college became this like big thing. I'd like. My fourth annual live Glebe show, Carmen Electra was my guest. There were 3,000 students in the crowd. Come it was on. a two-hour live show with a house band and a desk. And I wrote and directed a mini-movie called American Booty that was a spoof of American Beauty. with shot-for-shot match of like where candlesticks were in the original frames. And I found sets that matched. And it was like an artful, like it was my masterpiece probably to this day of anything I've ever done. Um, Wait, you did all that in college? A, yeah, in a college, in a spoof, music spoof, a sketch with Carmen Electra, a 20-minute interview with Carmen Electra, and um, What desk college did you go to? The University of Late Night Talk Shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this was my thesis. Yeah, it actually was... was my thesis, but I went to UC San Diego. That was my honors thesis, was to do my own show, and 16 of my friends each got four units to work on my show. 3,000 people came? Yeah, and I still had the speech problem even a little bit for that show. That's amazing. But so I over the four laughs. years, when you were doing that TV show, you were doing it on local t- local television? On campus television. It would air once a year to all of San Diego County. But these live broadcasts that I would set up and like run cables down the side of the of the res halls until I figured out how to move it into more professional ways. And they ended up using seven clips of my interview with Carmen Electra on her E True Hollywood story. When I moved out to L.A. Is after that right? college, that was my, they aired it like hundreds of times on E! And it was my biggest exposure for a long time. People were like, what's this comedy talk show with this guy interviewing Carmen Electra? And I was 21 at the time in college. That's amazing. It was really fun. But she talked about a lot of fun things. I, I, did, a, um, I did a show with her. And... Well, no, I can't tell that story. I've told some stories tonight. Yeah, but this is not this is not my place to tell it. All right. It's not I respect my, that. It's not my place to tell it. I respect it. that. I yeah, I almost started, but that's not my thing. I can't do uh, that. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I do. Yeah. Um, dude, your like your musical tastes, are you big into hip hop and R and B and stuff? I am. I'm, I'm but I'm big into all kinds of music. That's the thing I listen to most is be a toggle between NPR and hip-hop stations, and now also Howard Stern interviews in the news, which oh, I just fucking love. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, he's just the best interviewer ever. The guy just, like, makes people come alive. Yeah, you know, he... he Thank you. 
But he, now it's like... For it's, handing me your calculator. What's that? Thanks for handing me the calculator. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I think they heard me like the calculator. That's um, such a bad idea. Batteries <laughs> on fire? Um, you know, he also now, people come in already willing to talk. And he yeah. makes them go even further. Yeah. It's genius. Well, he just brings up the human in people. Because, you know what the best part about his interviews? No. I mean, I probably he, do, but I want to hear you no say No matter it. who he's talking to, he sounds interested. It's true. He's interested. Yeah, I've noticed. I've been. He's not an impression that I am anywhere near close to getting, but I've noticed the way he laughs on, the, on his interviews all the time. He goes, <laughs> It's like his fake laugh he does. Yeah. To like fill in, but not fake. You can tell it's like real, but like you know, you have to give your guests yeah. a little something when they make a great point. You don't have to like always have a belly laugh. That's every interviewer has to do. But he, but he is also like his questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're both faking it right now. <laughs> Touchdown, Jimmy. Um. Yeah, but his um. His his questions like he care. You whenever he asks a question, mm-hmm. he seems to truly. He really like he's zoned in one on one, falling in love with you. Fuck yeah! I mean, he's a great interviewer. He's amazing. Um, Do you think he does the clapping in the? I think that's how he probably gets psyched up for interviews. <laughs> yeah, one handed internal body clapping. One. It's opposite of body shaming. You're giving yourself applause. One from the inside out. Internal body clapping. Yeah, sounds like. Like it would be in like in the 2046 Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> and now stepping up his, for the one-handed internal body clapping <laughs> from Sweden. His, his uh, bio wrist <laughs> pulse meter is reading internally. His intestines are being navigated. Now, last year he clapped against his liver. We'll see what he does this year. <laughs> he did a triple liver clap. <laughs> this year he's promised something with the lungs. Let's take a look. <laughs> That was me actually doing the thing with the lungs, the activity. Yeah. Not laughing at all. It was me doing the internal body clapping lung trick. Internal body clapping lung trick. Yeah, his classic. It's like the triple in. Yeah, oh yeah. That's what he was born to do. Yep. Put here on this earth. Warm it up, Chris. I'm about to. I mean, who didn't like a little crisscross? Warm it up, Chris. That's what I was born to do. I know they're the best. Yeah, I think one of them died. Really? I think so. Didn't either Chris or Cross die? I don't know the answer. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that. I that's think true. one of the two. Mm, I hope I'm not saying putting that in the out there. But there was a rap group of the kids. I did not hear that. But it brings some sort of a vague bell at the same time. Chris Cross performed in my elementary school one time. You drive me crazy. I think with K's. Okay. K R I S S K R O S S. I think. Chris. And I know because of KRS one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Boom, boom. Um, crisscross, there we go. Chris drive me crazy. Hope they're both alive. Come on, be alive. Be I alive, hope be so. Alive, be alive, be alive. No, Chris Kelly, half of Chris Cross rap duo, dead at thirty-four. Ah, uh, two thousand thirteen. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that was very respectful of you to check, and you had actually heard that. Yeah, I, I had heard it because you seem like good guys. I like their music, but I listen to all kinds of music. I mean, I was raised on oldies. I, you know, my parents 
were huge oldie fans. So like Rolling Stones and James Taylor and everything from Motown and everything from you know yeah, Sam Cooke and oh, fucking I love Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke is so good, man. Marvin Gaye and fuck everybody. Otis Redding. Yeah. So like, good. Like little... Sitting in the morning sun. So good. <laughs> I'll be sitting when the evening comes. I bet you guys didn't know that Ben Glaive was going to be bringing the music. You have a harmonica in your pocket. Stop. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Why do you have a harmonica? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a what harmonica on my podcast. You just pulled a harmonica. No, out I didn't. Of, who carries a harmonica? Wait, I had it upside down. That's the problem. My mistake. Who carries a harmonica? People who I don't know. It's a great question. Cartoon characters. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone pull a harmonica out of their pocket <laughs> like that before. That and I did reject the magician label earlier. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and not not just reject it. You looked at me with a little bit of disgust. <laughs> <laughs> so for you then to pull a harmonica out of your pocket, I feel like you may owe me an apology. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just feel like it's in the ballpark. It's a good point. It's in the ballpark. I mean, yeah, it's true. It's more musical. It's worse, really. It's like more crazy old man in a park. Yeah, the harmonica. You're not, you're not getting paid to do that. You're just walking around Bo- doing a poor man's version of the intro to Piano Man. What if you... Okay. Hey, hey. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not very good at it, but I do I like to have fun. <laughs> I do like that. I play too many notes at once, but I can't find musical musical beats. I'm better at rapping, I'll tell you that much. You know what? I would not play the harmonica in public. <laughs> I'd keep that probably at your house. Yeah. Because that wasn't really a poor man's piano no, man. No, no. <laughs> No, still no. It's not, it's not even like. It's not even. I hear it in my ear. It's not even in the ballpark. If you gave me a hundred guesses, a hundred guesses, I would never guess piano man. <laughs> That's fucking great. What if harmonicas really takes off for me? <laughs> I would. I would maybe give it some, uh, maybe say stick to the things you already know mm-hmm. you're good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's one of the things, you know, my, you know, my dad was great at that. He wasn't a, like if you weren't good at something, he wasn't going, you asked him, if, am I good at this? He'd be like, no. <laughs> but I respect that. Yeah, I'm, I didn't have a lot of that growing up. Probably it's part of where my confidence comes from, yeah. too. My parents are very supportive. He, oh, my, my parents are very supportive. But if I was, like, not <laughs> not good at something, like, I remember I drew something for him once because my brother was an amazing <laughs> artist. And he just looked at it. He goes, this isn't for you. <laughs> and I said, you think I should, like, I should practice more? And he goes, no. And I'm, 
<laughs> I don't think it. He it's said, really funny. But the first time he, when I was 15, when he saw me do stand-up, he was like, you're really good at that. Yeah, that's how you know someone's honest. Yeah. I'm just talking about that on Barry Katz's podcast. My manager, it's like when someone, Barry's known as am I oftentimes for just being brutally honest people, but that's how you know where you stand with them and their opinion makes, and actually means something. By the way. There's no barometer, but what's the point of talking to anybody? It's why I like, well, one of the many reasons I like old Chelsea Handler so much. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like. One of the most real, honest people ever. Yeah, there's no guessing. There's no guessing. So you, the, yeah, you know exactly where you stand with Chelsea Handler. Yeah, there's no get like that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, she's a dear friend who's meant so much in my life, and I know that right now where I stand in our friendship is, is uh, where our friendship is. Is I text her you want to hang? She writes back, I, I'm in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> we have I can't hang because I'm in I'm, another country. Yeah, level hang right now, but I know that's where it's at. I'm not deluding myself that we're having dinner Friday. Are you guys having dinner Friday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. She is actually in Germany. I mean, she's the coolest. She's always to this she's day, like, always replies to texts, always is just a normal person. Ben Glebe, you know, the the biggest. She still handwrites thank you letters right. and sends them by mail. I have a thank you note I got from her in the mail one time. Handwrites them and sends them by mail. Nobody does I know. that. That's cool, but you know, if it's because she doesn't know how to, she doesn't know how to type with her, with her fingers on the, on the phone. She's technology phobic, and she prefers to handwrite. She's actually figured it out. She Snapchats all the time. Does she? She's become addicted to Snapchat, as am I. I'm very addicted to it. I should start following you on Snapchat. It's the best medium. It's the most free and creatively free really medium. You can literally have a whole video production studio in your hand at a mo- in, with a moment's notice of an idea. I can create. Live graphics, a slow down, speed up, add filters, add text, adjust the size of the text, and put filters on my face, characters, live animations, or become the face of any celebrity that's ever lived. In moments, I can get these things done. They look pretty dope. It's insane where technology has come. You know what I know how to do on Snapchat? I can take, like, 10-second videos and put them up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What you just described to me, I'm... I must not know how to do. <laughs> because I just kind of post. I go, hey, what's going on? Hey, I'm here. I am. And I post it. I'm becoming a lion yeah. who's on fire, yeah. setting spells in the jungle. You're flying. By You're propelling raised. myself in the air by just shoving my palms against the, against one the hand ground. one in your asshole. One hand in my asshole. Off kilter flying for a second and then just tanking it on one wing. I mean, you're doing all of it. Yeah. I'm sitting, by the way, like on the, like one third of my spine, oh, yeah. half crescent mooned, and it just started to feel unpleasant. Half crescent mooned. You really were like, basically the only thing that was still upright was... Half of your half of your torso. <laughs> I was, was sitting kind of like Stephen Hawking style. It was a, a weird bend in your torso. Yeah, because like right about where your sternum was was bent almost up. 90 I have degrees. the god's weirdest posture. The I mean, what? the gosh, the weirdest <laughs> posture. I people think I'm like five nine or some shit. How tall are you? Six one. You're taller than I am. How tall are you? Five eleven? Oh wow! You've never seen me taller. Watch. I'll show you how I normally stand. Stand up for a second, okay. and you'll see how you've always thought you're taller than me. You see how you're taller than me right now? Yeah. Watch this. Oh my God! Boom. 
You are. I'm now like four or five inches taller than you. I'm towering over you right now. I feel that's, like Iron Man. That's crazy. I know. It's so weird. What? What? So your spine is like a xylophone? My spine is xylophone shaped and inspired. Not xylophone. It's a, a um, accordion. Accordion. Xylophone is the ding, ding, ding at the beginning of Greece. Right. Or the NBC chime. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know the NBC. Should I play it for you, harmonica? No, 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 definitely no, not. No, no. <laughs> you got hey, you jumped up. You're like, please, please don't. So this, I'm just gonna confiscate this till you leave. Yeah, I see you eyeing it. I, let me just go ahead and tell you ahead of time. Please. No. Let me pick it up. Maybe just once more. Maybe you should try the tambourine. <laughs> if you pull the tambourine out right now, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Look, it's Tchaikovsky. <laughs> Wow, that's really bad. I'm going to announce it ahead of time. Throw it away. I'm just going to fucking... There it is. Yeah, it's... It's, it's yeah, gone. It is what it is. We, don't, we have certain gifts. That's my point. That's my like point. Like, remember we talked earlier. You yeah, said, would you want to know yeah. if if you weren't good, ask the country. Like, right now, you just explained to me I'm currently horrible at harmonica. I've given <laughs> yeah. that one up. Yeah. I don't need to keep doing it. You said, would I stop? Yeah, I'll stop. If people make clear to me I'm wrong, yes. People need to be more susceptible to common sense. It's the biggest thing missing with humanity. But That's why what? I love that on Idiot Test, I get to literally hold people's common sense to account. It's what I've always done in my stand-up in crowd work, is just follow their common sense of their choices and be like, why at this point here did you just do a weird thing that does not follow logic? I love finding that moment. Well, you do that That's very why I like well. politics, too. You do that very well on your show. I... I did not answer all of the questions correctly on your when show. When you came on the show, you, yeah. were, you, you did the celebrity episode, Chelsea Lately Reunion episode. Yes. With Sarah Colonna and Fortune, Fortune. Feimster mm-hmm. and Adam, Adam. Conover, mm-hmm. who was randomly there because he was not on Chelsea Lately, but he has a great show mm-hmm. called Adam Ruins Everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He even ruined our Chelsea Lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> he ruined absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, you did fine. Did you have an issue with them? No, I didn't. I was not smart. You didn't get any right? I got maybe one right. You don't take that many. You, you maybe I get three. two right. You only take three, I think. Or unless you, did you get to the final round? Did, yeah. Did you win? We won. How much money did you win in the end? Not a lot. You didn't win the $10,000? No, I don't, don't think so. I, don't, I wish we did. I know. Uh, what? Did anyone win the 10000 uh-huh. Rick Glassman, Rick Glassman. He did? And uh and David Flynn. David Finn, I'm sorry, from from uh Undateable. Undateable. They won? Won over Brent Morin and Ron Funches. And they won a ten K. Ten grand. Rick Glassman was in a zone. Yeah. It's, Do you know all the answers? Oh yeah. I mean I cre- I help create all the tests. Oh. So I better know the answers. Um otherwise but you're, you're like super involved in that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I was recently promoted to co-executive producer on the show because I I'm doing that work anyway, and I think it's wanted to be nice and give me the title because um, I just everything I like I, I can be lazy as fuck and I love to hang out and smoke weed all day and do mm-hmm. nothing if I don't have nothing to do. But when I sign on to something, I want it to be like my best life's work and I want to crush it as hard as possible. I have that like crazy of a work ethic. Where did you get I'm the last one to leave the office many days when I'm working on things? Where did I get it from? I don't really know. I just, maybe I don't know, maybe just being frustrated for so long, not being able to even, like, get my thoughts communicated well when I was a kid or something, that now I'm making up for last time. Or I don't know. I just want to do it well. Was your... Was your get it? My da- grandfather was very, very diligent in business. My dad is one of the loveliest people ever. I don't know that diligence was his, like, 
with like you know like over executing was his strongest suit my grandfather was amazing at that he was what did he do he was just a self-made man. I mean, he escaped the Holocaust. He was in a labor camp. He he escaped? I mean, he survived the Holocaust, oh. essentially. He, he didn't escape, I'm sorry. But he, um, it was a crazy story. He and my grandmother were living in China at the time. And China then became um, overtaken by the Russian soldiers, mm-hmm. that part of China. And they came and um, it was like the most amazing story. Um, my grand father ran i believe it was my grandma's family's fur shop and um a russian soldier come in there two months earlier it was so freezing he was afraid he was going to freeze to death in the winter and he didn't have money for a coat and my grandfather gave him a fur coat and said i trust you'll pay me back for this one day so then cut to maybe a year or two later actually um <clears throat> one night these two russian soldiers come to my grandparents door and say that they need my grandfather's help on something. They need, they need something down at the, the, the first shop to buy some furs for their soldiers. And my grandmother says, well, we're about to sit down for dinner. If you're going to take him, I insist you please join us for dinner. And she made the two Russian soldiers join them for dinner. They had a lovely dinner and then took my grandfather to a labor camp. And my grandmother didn't see him again for four years. Um, what? Yeah. So I'm not really sure where we lost everybody. Yeah, you don't even be that close to it, because that'll be unnatural. For the Are you sure? Time. Yeah, you'd be fine like this. Um, I'm not even really sure where we lost everybody. Me either. Oh, my friend Jason called, but I don't know what the last thing on the track was. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, they could have they could have really missed out on some gems. No. <laughs> I think you don't no. think they, you don't think any missed out well, on any gems. It depends when we when it cut off. We don't know when it cut off. Right? I know because there were some gems. You dropped. oh, there were some gems. Yeah, but we don't know when it dropped off. I thought you said it was right in the end. We might have lost ten minutes. We listen to the end of the last track and know where we are. We're just fucking. What happens happens. I think what happens what happens. I right, let the gangster take don't over the so? roses this time. Yeah, I sure. think so. Yep. I think the loop, I mean, why not? If the only part that comes out is me playing harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something about that fucking harmonica. <laughs> when you pulled that out of your pocket, I was like, this dude on his way out was like, oh, shit, let me get the ping pong stuff. Oh, fuck, let me bring my harmonica. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Exactly. That right. is amazing. You were like, you know what? Maybe. I like to just live a little differently, Josh. Yeah. I like to keep the kid in me in places where I can. I like to just, like, have fun. Like, yesterday in the middle of doing a bunch of promotion for the special, and I had, like, a two-and-a-half-hour gap before I was going to go to do Fraser Smith's radio show. I'm like, I'll go to a club. I got invited randomly, a text to a club, went to Hyde, danced for two hours, and route to do Fraser's radio show. Is that true? Yeah. Wore a fur coat. What fake fur, but like a Burning Man fur jacket that I have. Every the great news, every girl in the club rubbed them, rubbed me. Rubbed your, Bad yeah. news, every guy in the club rubbed me. It was Wait. a real down. It was an up and down. <laughs> it was night. a real roller coaster of a night, wasn't it? Really it? was. Just, and what an emotional roller coaster. It really was. was. And I shot scenes. I don't ever go to clubs, but I happened to be invited to one. My friend said, "There's some super hot girls here. Come on, it's Memorial Day weekend. You got to come down." I'm like I guess why not? 
en route to the thing. So I go in, and I'm like, Ben Morrison came with me. I'm like, let's shoot shit for the music video. So I'm actually directing a stealing shot for the music video in the club. Ran to another friend, had him walk backwards through people as I'm angrily rapping with the light on on my camera. That's hilarious. <laughs> with your fur coat? Mm-mm. Now, what's yeah. the history of the fur coat? Why fur coat? I don't know. I, I, at Burning Man's first time I wore a, a fur vest, Ben Morrison loaned it to me, and I lost it. I Why do you always say by his first and last name, Ben Morrison? It was the same first name as me. I'm not going to keep saying I'm going to say Ben. It'll make me feel foolish. People <laughs> will lose track of the story. That's um, Which Ben? <laughs> which Ben is he referring to? <laughs> it would be pretty clear. But. It's a game that's sweep, sweeping the nation. <laughs> time to play. It's the worst game. Which Ben? <laughs> America? A game no one wants to play. <laughs> Welcome back to a game no one wants to play. Which Ben is he referring to now? Bong. <laughs> bong. I thought I'd give a little... Yeah, bong to the end of the sentence. I, Why like not? I thought maybe bong would add a little ambiance. It does. Bong does add ambiance at the very least. You know what I mean? Who was the picture? What's that? That was my mom and my late grandfather. Um, the other grandfather that... I had, and another amazing human being. Um, but not quite. Lived in Israel? No, he was not, amazing. Did you ever tell him, you're amazing, That's you're amazing. not quite as amazing as <laughs> No, he was truly really amazing. He, at like, at like, in his late 70s, early 80s, lost his leg to diabetes, learned to walk, walk at that age on a prosthetic leg. He was a chess master. Mm. But my grandfather, I was telling you earlier, I, made, I hope that part recorded, because that was like... It's a yeah. story I've never told on a podcast. Let me tell you something. But he then somehow got to help children get reunited with families in Israel after the Holocaust. So many of them. He has a book. Your other grandfather? That same grandfather. Oh, I was telling yeah. you that was in Joseph, that was in the labor camp. Then arranged for my grandma to get back to Israel. They met up back in Israel. First time they'd seen each other in four years. And then moved to the States with no money whatsoever and made a life for themselves. Got to right. Beverly Hills. And Two questions all that. for you. Yeah. One. If you have been in a labor camp and mm-hmm. you've been without your woman for four years, mm-hmm. over under, what's the amount of time you're having sex? I mean, this is the second time you're making me visualize. <laughs> my grandparents were both gone and are my heroes. Yeah. What it was like them having sex. I'll leave it to you and your listeners to get your own visual images. I'm going to move on mentally. But I mean, time wise. If I'm saying, if I was without bed for four years, we're having sex within the first five minutes we see each other. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that's a hard one. just depends, I guess, how, the sex, how sexual the nature of that particular relationship is. Because you might also want to catch up on some shit for like an hour or two and then like that night bang, so it's not all about sex. I don't know. That's probably how I would do it. Talk first? Dinner, talk. And no. then get to business. Put on that crisscross CD or that. Uh, no, I mean I'm. Boys to Men album. I mean, Shy. If I ever fall in love. Um, literally, like it's wherever we've decided to meet is has to be within thirty seconds of a bed. All right, I like those priorities. I respect those priorities. Um, that's what has to. And then we'll go get some food. And after it is, you know, it's something I've only done a few times in my life. That's a brilliant thing: is going out for hot food after sex. Yeah, great. that's the best. And if you're a little stoned, you literally feel the chillest possible. It's the best. It's the fucking best. Yeah. So then, so then it's that, and then it's 
set. And then it's dinner, and then it's whatever, and then it's sex. Again. Yeah. That's a good idea. Then you get it twice. Yeah. That's a good it, idea. And it's four years. Yeah, you get to have sex twice. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can go three, four times. You want that night. Yes. On the car ride there, you went three, four times. True. True. It's been four years. Yeah, you're ready to, to hit it. <laughs> I think so. You're not showing up. She's not singing En Vogue, Never Gonna Get It. You know what I mean? No. I think it's a... I everybody's it's, on board. This is a night to be enjoyed. I think it's an, it's, it's an, uns, it's an unspoken uh, word. Of hey, mm-hmm. I don't have to say hey. That's me. What if it's that time of the month? That would put a wrinkle in the plan. Put a wrinkle in the plan. You're mm-hmm. back from I'm back from war. Yeah, but no. Uh, I can't. Can you wait three days? Three more days? No. First of all, it would not stop you. If you I've have, been I've been banging toast. If you haven't, if you really haven't, made chess weird after that. If you hadn't had sex for four years, that time of the month wouldn't matter. No, that's true. No, but it depends on the lady's comfortability. You can wait a couple more days if you need to. Sure. She's down. I ain't against it. I'm just saying, but after four years, you're probably... You've been to war. You've, you're probably... You've seen bloody scenes. You're probably... You're, it's been four years. You're probably coming when you hold hands with her. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you need that much. You just take her hand and right to a hand job. Yeah. But you would come on the on, with her hand on the way to the hand job. Mm-hmm. After four years? Sometimes you ever notice that, man? It's been a long time for you since you've been with another woman, so maybe you... you feel that memory less but the first time you hook up with somebody there's like this weird force field that the first time right before the first time they touch your dick it feels like a magical wand is like a, on your dick you know what i mean there's like that weird like like oh my like i don't do you know what i'm talking about we, it's, it's a different grip no no before they touch it before every time before the first time a girl touches my dick I like anticipate it it becomes this like warm wonderful sensation she can like tease it and like move her hand around not even touching it you'd be like this feels incredible already it's, no. it's like a magnetic no. kind of a, like when you try to put two magnetic backgammon travel backgammon pieces together I have, I have two of those backgammon really yeah I just started playing backgammon I play it's with my, really I play fun with, I play with Jacob all the time it's really fun he's been, he's been crushing me this summer I can't decide there's really nothing too mental to it it's yeah. just really like a fun luck game but it's kind of fun where you choose to go it's just past it's really fun it's like a it's like yeah. a smarter dice game. Look, there's only... You're controlling more. It, it's, yes. There's some strategy to yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But... Don't leave your guy open that much. That's a good strategy. <laughs> good place to start. <laughs> it's yeah. like war for dummies. It's yeah. like it's like no. chess for like dummies. I was never good at chess. I don't want to think that many steps in advance. I want to look at the thing and be like, I got some of these four guys there. Yeah, for me, That's chess, better. like in order to be good at chess, you have to think a couple moves ahead. Yeah, I don't do that well. No, no, no. no. I react well in the moment, but I'm not the best... Strategic planner. Yeah, when that's why it's taking me this long to get a special. I'm like, well, dude, when people I'll say to me, stand up loose. What, "What were you thinking?" I'm like, sometimes I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah. On in backgammon, or have we started talking about life now? Both. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I see like an animated dog, like an adorable animated, like a golden retriever face on your board there between those two red lights. Oh, yeah. You see it? Yeah, that's crazy. On the very top. Yeah, with that little nose. Yeah, the <laughs> nose and the two eyes. You see it, too? I mean, that's just the funniest. I was sure I'd just put myself out and sounded so weird. And I was stuck looking at it. And it almost looks 3D, right? You see the snout almost coming out towards that nose. Yeah, do you know how high this sounds? I mean, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. But it's true. It looks legit. 
We should post an Instagram post of that image, and you'll you'll they'll see it instantly. High or not? Too legit. Too legit to quit saying. Oh, it's other thing I was doing when I was conjuring That's the heat. Crazy. I all of a sudden conjured. Now something Courtney and I used to always do is like find faces and stuff. But I was conjuring. Um. The uh, heat that I could conduct off of the metal jungle gym as well and all of a sudden touching it was like a lightning rod it was like whoosh. and I was like heating my whole system by touching that metal it was just I was interacting differently with like different elements around me and around us I mean think about it too it's like there's so many perspective things that we don't see like there's no space between anybody that's a weird one we mm-hmm. think of air as such a defining thing but it's made of exactly the same molecules that are in us so I've always seen people as more of like lumps in the cosmic oatmeal, really. It's like we're all in one oatmeal, but we just have this shape, so we, so we bump off each other, but there's no space between us. Van Nuys was shut down, blocked off for a while earlier. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Shit get popping off. Yeah. Um... And so, like, I just had had an idea that I thought of today, actually, earlier when I was at Stephanie Simbari's uh, pancake brunch, champagne pancake brunch. That I was late to eat a tiny little portion of because of my diet. I got yeah. there two hours late. Yeah. I had just a tiny corner of a gluten-free pancake and a piece of a scone. And then I cut a black on my cookie into about 14 strips <laughs> and had three strips. <laughs> I mean, I have to tell you. 1,300 calories, is that what you're doing right now? 12 to 1,300. 1,200 a lot of days. And I'm not hungry. You're not? No. Mm-mm. No, some days it's too much food for me. I think about skipping one of the meals. Sometimes I do skip one of the meals. I'm st- like I'm starving all the time. And how many meals a day do you eat? Five. Oh, you do eat five. You're still starving all the time? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Eat seven, though. <laughs> eat every hour and a half. I, I'm seriously, fuck. I'm starving all the time. You just have some bars in your pocket, dude. It's like good nutrition bars. What, like gold bars? No, like the ones I go on this diet are really good. It's, um, oh, like food. I thought you meant like bars of gold. Okay. <laughs> Why? Used to thinking about the animated dog, and you think of Scrooge McDuck jumping in a room or something. Like bars of gold. Yeah, I should carry. I should carry we fucking potatoes in my pocket. Potatoes? Potatoes. I'm going to start carrying potatoes. That's a good idea. Paint them gold. Potatoes and rice. Potatoes and rice. Loose in my pocket. Beans and rice, never mister. Loose rice in your pocket. It should be the name of your next Little League baseball team. That's the name of the next book. That's a good name for a book. You know what I'm going to do? You know those things that you push the frosting? Farting. Pastry chef. Yeah, push the frosting out? Yep. I'm going to... Frosting pushers. Yeah, frosting pusher. <laughs> I'm going to fill it with beans and rice and oh, just squeeze it into my fucking what, face hole. I think that's what they do at taco and burrito places. Yeah, but I'm going to squeeze it out of a little hole oh. so it just drips right, right into my, your mouth. Right into my mouth hole. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I could go. It, uh, Mexican food? I was going to pick one food to eat for the rest of my life. Yeah. You choose Mexican food. Yeah. That You're just a man of the people then, and I admire that about you. I, I would go sushi easily. Oh, no, no. Mexican food. Sushi, I could eat every meal of every day, and it's lean and healthy. No. Mexican, you can eat really healthy. Makes it hard to do Broadway. But what? <laughs> it really does. See? 
I could do a lot and of that mercury blood. poisoning takes a lot of us down, Piven and others reportedly. Yeah, but that's a sealed report. They didn't let it out. That and the, the uh, Saudi Arabia 9-11 commission pages. And JFK. And JFK. Those are the three things. People have got some theories <laughs> about the Piven one. Oh. They say it was Oswald. The, Oswald? Mm-hmm. Also. That gave the poison. He, from the dead. From the, well, yeah. yeah. That's the best way to get mercury. It's, it's one of the major the, dead, like, elements. Dead people. People are mostly mercury. That's something that uh, most people don't know. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know it. <laughs> I grant you. But it's a time they wake up. It's time the people wake up. And realize. Wake up, Cincinnati, and realize what? That the dead people have all the mercury. Exactly right. I That's mean, exactly right. So That's why it's so hard to find a good thermometer these days. That's why they're erratic. They're all over the board. That's why they've moved away from mercury. Do you know how happy I am that... I, my parents didn't take my temperature rectally because I grew up... Weird segue, but I can imagine pretty happy. (laughs) You said their mom. (laughs) But, you know, because I remember being at a friend's house. Oh, no. And I was starting to get... Oh, no. Starting to get sick. I didn't even know it was a thing. We didn't and your parents it. tried to give you an anal <laughs> yeah. thermometer to take my temperature. <laughs> Were you even not feeling sick? They're like, "Hey, Josh, looks like you're feeling kind of sick. Mind if we do the anal thermometer real with quick? my finger?" <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I was feeling. If sick. it feels like it's running warm, I'll clap from the inside. <laughs> no, I was, it was. My mom said, "You know, take his temperature." Right. And so. And she allowed it. Well, I was like, that's not what I want. What do you, what's happening? And then they did it? <laughs> did, they, did, did you get anally probed by your friend's parents? Admit it right now. Speak about it. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. You were sick. You were under the weather, buddy. It's all right. Don't cry. <laughs> oh, take that as a yes. No. No? No, I was like, I don't, I don't want. That's not. I don't feel comfortable with that. <laughs> I don't even know if I believe that now, but if well, that is true, because my thank mom let me run with that. Because my I'm mom, I asked my mom about it when I got home, and I was like, "What's the deal?" And she goes, "Oh, I didn't know that's how they were taking temperature. I just assumed that everybody was taking temperature." Right. I never ever understood if orally is an option that works accurately. Yes. Who are the weirdos keeping the anal ones around? Well, you can put it in your mouth or you can shove it up your ass. <laughs> Same results. Should we phase out the, uh, those people are really against new technology. <laughs> Should we phase out the anal? No. This was Give not, people the option. This wasn't like last week. Good dude. for sleepovers. This wasn't last week. I wasn't a child last this week. This was back in the day when there was, was new technology. I get you. No, it was still that. With the mercury in it, that glass. Oh yeah, they're they're putting a thin, breakable piece of glass up yeah, your ass. Yeah, thin, like those like those Asian uh, uh, bread, mini bread and chocolate covered you didn't, mint treats you didn't they give know you sometimes. That people took uh, anal no, temperature. No, I've heard of it, but I never understood why you would ever do it if you know if they've heard about mouth thermometers. I don't know. I think maybe some people thought it was accurate, more accurate, but. It was like, you got to realize, I I grew up when that was like not that far out of happen. That's how it happened. That was the only option. 
Not the only option, but I think... So I'd say we're always both options there. Why ever did I don't think, Abel become... I, I think for a while, I don't know. Look, um, we got to work into society <laughs> some way to put our things up people's asses. I think we, stick, we, we go thermometer. It's legitimate. We can read heat from there. We can tell people that's a more accurate way to read heat or whatever I, excuse and you, I mean. You know who believed it? My neighbor. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that marketing worked great in that family. That marketing really convinced them. They were like, are you tired of inaccurate oral temperature readings you know, and not being able to shove foreign objects off your, your son's friends' asses? Try anal. Give anal another look. With anal thermometers, we tell you what's up. Buddy. We're tapping out of this. This is longer than we usually do. I heard that. Two hours. No, we're not really? Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Ben Glee. Yeah, man. Is that what you say at the end? Of all of them? Well, this is what we're saying now. What do you want to plug? Oh. Um, just, yeah, I really hope that everybody watches my special, my first hour stamp special this Friday, June 3rd on Showtime, 10 p.m., Neurotic Gangster. Follow me on social media at Ben Glebe, Josh Wolf Comedy at... Josh Wolf comedy. <laughs> and then, hey, I'm going to be in Albany June 10th, 11th, and 12th, I think. And I think Jacksonville, Florida, June 23rd, or 24th, or 25th, or 26th, or somewhere in there. And um, that's it. I'm hey. coming to San Antonio and Minneapolis and Chicago yeah, and St. Louis. Mm-hmm. May as well say that. BenGlebe.com, you get tickets right there. It's, it's that easy. It's that easy. It, after you purchase your tickets, it, you'll you'll want to clap for yourself. You'll want to clap for yourself twice, but w- both from the inside. Yep. Try the lung clap. Later. <laughs>